Welcome to Teach Out Loud Podcast, where we highlight all the amazing educators in our state and beyond that are making a difference every day for kids. Teach Out Loud is about bringing your passion and your best self to what you are doing every day. It's trying new things, sharing ideas, and being the best version of you. It's living life to the fullest, growing, and not being afraid to take those risks. Come on this journey with us and Teach Out Loud. I'm Travis Lape. And I'm Lisa Norris. And together we are on a journey to share and highlight amazing things happening in schools today. Welcome to another episode of Teach Out Loud and Lisa. This episode, I think, is going to be a lot of fun with our guest today. I'm super excited. She's from a family of teachers, and she's one of our ones that are younger. Like, we've had so many veteran teachers, so this will be a new perspective. I'm super excited. Her name is Megan McManus, and she's currently a third grade teacher at the RF Pettigrew Elementary in Sioux Falls. She attended college at Dakota Wesleyan University in Mitchell, where she double majored in elementary and special ed, which I love. We're going to talk about that, I think, today, Trap. I have been teaching for seven years, or she has been teaching for seven years. Um, she taught one year of special ed in Parkston, and then two years in Mitchell at Gertie Bell's Rogers Elementary. And now the last four years, she's been teaching in third grade in Sioux Falls at Pettigrew. Um, she married her high school sweetheart, who is a physician, Aww. a physician's <laughs> assistant at Avera Orthopedics, and they have a one-and-a-half-year-old um, daughter and a baby on the way. Ah, that's exciting. So they're going to be really busy here in a little bit. Um, and just for our listeners, her aunt and her mom have both been on our podcast, which is super fun. Aww. But she was nominated because she's just an amazing teacher who does a great job of engaging students. So welcome to our show, Megan. Thank you very much. I'm honored. <laughs> and when, when is your baby coming? Um, June 12th. So nice. like six weeks. <laughs> nice. That'll be a perfect time for it with all those crazy things going on. June will be a nice safe month for you. So. Yes, you got that right. So to have our listeners get to know you a little bit, why don't you tell us about your why, Megan? Why did you become a teacher? Yeah, I would say for sure my mom. Um, you guys got the pleasure of interviewing her, Chris Carmody. I got to have her as a teacher when I was in fourth grade since it's such a small school. I was going to say that normally doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good experience. Um, and it's always fun, you know, when you go back or even like listen to past students come up to you and say, wow, I love your mom. She was my favorite teacher. And you know, they're right. She was my favorite teacher. <laughs> She's my mom. I'm not trying to be biased, but she's really the one who motivated me because she proved to all of her students and still does that they can and they always can achieve whatever they set their mind to so i love that was it ever awkward for you um my daughter kaya we got to go to school every day and go home every day it was our bonding time but she was not allowed to be in my class so do you think your mom was harder on you or do you think she made it a little easier because you were her daughter um, definitely harder. <laughs> you know, girls can be catty and you have some catty girls in your class growing up. And I'll never forget. There was a couple times where she would like put sticky notes in my desk and just say, I can't call on you today. So maybe don't raise your hand. <laughs> or, I love that. Yeah. Or just a couple times where like, you know, other students might say I did something, even if maybe I didn't. But you, of course, have to get talked to. And I feel, yeah, it was a little bit harder on me than maybe right. others. But what a great memory for you and your mom. And maybe someday for your kids, 
you will be able to be their teacher, especially if you're in a small, I doubt Sioux Falls. Yeah. But if you're in a small district, maybe that would, that would work. So. Yeah, exactly. And my mom says she's not retiring for a really long time. So maybe she'll teach Mia. <laughs> <laughs> so Megan, I think let's, for our listeners, let's just jump into what, what um, passion came through for you that you decided to get a double major in general education as as well as special education and what what have you seen different since you've been in both of those roles now as a as a professional sure um when I was in high school I actually volunteered some of my time working with a student that had down syndrome and that just really sparked my interest in the special ed field and when I went to Dakota Wesleyan, I was a little bit intimidated because there was only like five other double majors. Wow. So like I was thrown in with juniors and seniors in some of those classes, but I just had the best field experiences in that field. Like I remember coming actually over to Harrisburg and um, just observing the um, deaf students that they had a classroom for I don't know if you guys still have that but yeah we do and then um we went to some behavior schools and got to just observe that and then even my student teaching experiences I was at an elementary and middle school for a few weeks each and you know every day is different <laughs> oh for sure every even more so i think than a regular classroom I, I definitely believe that and when you're saying this megan i think it's so important that teachers who think about special ed they do need to go out and get get involved and do hands-on because i think you have a have to have a heart for special education not everybody can teach special education and when you get involved and actually meet those kiddos I think they tug on your heartstrings and you know right away this is what I want to do yes oh for sure and like I still am in contact with some of my parents of previous students that I taught in special ed and you're right like you get to know them for who they are and not their disability and right you get to know what they are capable of and it really is amazing i mean some people might doubt them but they are the students that you look at and you're like wow i really can make a difference or i am making the difference and talk about perseverance and you know abilities and those kind of things it's a great aspect do you think there's a big difference between dead and inspect do you see any contradictions or you know what do you see there Sure. Um, you know, I think there's a huge push for um, inclusion in the classroom in all areas, which I get, but I also don't think that for all students, that's what's best just for like personality wise, it might be overwhelming and more stressful for them. And you hate to force them through that because that's, you know, what the school wants, but, um, you know, Janet, <laughs> I, I feel like sometimes I walk away in the day and I wonder like, am I really able to reach all levels of my learners the way that you feel like you kind of are in special ed? Like when you're in special ed, you know what you're working with, you know that there might be a little bit lower or you know the areas that they have challenges in, but in the classroom, 
gen ed classroom, sometimes I question myself, like, am I really reaching my highest level learners? Like, am I spending too much time on my lower level learners? Because that's what I have a background in. And am I pushing everyone to the ability that they can? I think that you're talking almost for everybody. Don't you think, Travis? I think, every, I think every teacher thinks, oh my gosh, I have kids in my room who are doing math at a first grade level all the way to a middle school level and you're a fifth grade teacher and how do you hit all of those? I think your perspective is exactly right. Don't you, Travis? I, I do and I think that's, that's where our conversation in school needs to go. We, we really need to try to attack that because I think every teacher struggles with that. And so again, it comes, it comes back to asking questions of like, why do we have grade levels in elementary schools? Like, why do we put up these fake walls and put kids in these corners and just pigeonhole them, so to speak, to, to have to go through a system that isn't really being met with all of that? I think, we have, I think schools do a great job for a lot of our kids that really need some supports, need some additional time, any of those things. I think schools really strive to try to do that. But then I think you touched on it, Megan, like some of our, our, our learners that come to us that are really high achievers and are we doing what's best in pushing them or getting them what they need? Or are we even trying to support where the gaps are for kids? So I think those are the questions that like get me fired up that like if you stuck me in a room and we had a day to two days to talk about like what could we do if we just just took away the structures that we currently have that teachers are frustrated with we could I could have a lot of fun with that. Oh yeah, Travis Travis will get on his soapbox, Megan. We have to pull him in sometimes. Bring him in a little bit. The podcast isn't about me. It's about you, Megan. <laughs> but Megan, you also had talked about, you know, with special education. I agree with what you said there too. I'm all about inclusion and including everybody, but you're right. There are some kids that's not the best place for them. And that's where, you know, Travis touched on this too. We need to look at the kid, the individual student, what is best for them and not a big blanket. Don't you agree, Megan? Oh, I totally agree with that. And, you know, you have some parents that understand the system and their student rights 100%, and they are huge advocates for that. But then you have some parents who just kind of go with the flow because that's what they're being right. told in the moment. And, you know, as a parent now, I often think about that. Like, <laughs> you know, if this isn't what's best for my daughter, then what what What's can I be doing to advocate and right. what can I be doing to make sure that her needs are being met right right I think that a lot of people um they don't understand I used to work at South Dakota Parent Connection and that they support families who have kids with disabilities and I was very surprised at how many parents did not know their rights Right. what was expected or not expected. Um, Rick is an interpreter, my husband's interpreter, and we are still shocked when we go to businesses and schools and they say, well, we're not gonna do that. And we're like, yeah, it's a deaf student. He needs an interpreter. They need an interpreter in the doctor's office or they need an interpreter. And yet people still have the mindset like, no, they don't. And, and of course we're like, yes, they do. So yeah, yeah advocating so and sure. So, okay, so one of the things, can I switch gears, Travis? Absolutely. 
Sorry, Megan. I'm always a little bit all over the place. Travis keeps me grounded. But um, so one of the reasons you were nominated is just because you love to engage your students. What are some of the things that you're doing that are engaging students back when you were in your classroom? And maybe now when we're dealing with all this virus stuff, what are, how are you engaging them through Zoom meetings and things? Sure. Um, when we are in the classroom, I, first of all, have an awesome team that I work with. Pettigrew is pretty huge. We have six sections of each grade level. Oh, wow. And yeah, so I get to work with a team of five other third grade teachers. So that's really fun. Um, I've done room transformations. This year we did a safari room transformation when we were working with area and perimeter. And then I just kind of ran with it and made it cover writing and reading too. Um, I do breakouts digitally and like the box breakouts, sure. the weather ones. I mean, you name it, we've done it. Um, when I, when we've done a read aloud or a book study, sometimes we'll dress up like the characters at the sure. end as a team, because we're big enough, we can each cover a character. Um, you'll usually try to find me finding a song or a rap that will go along with some type of concept to help kids remember. And there's songs out there for everything. I, I mean, know. literally everything. I know. And even if you're a bad singer, students really like to see you sing. And hear you sing. I don't know <laughs> why. don't care. They think you can be a rock star, even if you totally sing off key. It's like, that's my teacher. She's awesome. You know? <laughs> so true. Um, and I just do a lot of goal setting and relating the purpose in the real life connections with students too like why are we learning this love that um, fractions in math especially in third grade are hard and so I will be honest I love food I love snacks so you're gonna bet that we're relating fractions with food because <laughs> when you order a pizza they're cut up with equal slices when you share a sandwich you can share it in half <laughs> right right um, as far as with this whole distance learning, I would say it's been a little bit more challenging trying to engage parents yeah. with their students and like helping them see the purpose and the why and why sure. it's so important to keep the learning. Um, I've recorded videos of myself teaching lessons. Um, we're still doing a read aloud, so I always try to like change my voice to match the characters, get guest readers or guest teachers. Sure. Um, even with the work, we've been trying really hard to keep in mind that it's not busy work time just to keep them engaged. No. Like you need to have a purpose still and explain yeah. that purpose with your students. And I think that when you've had a chance this long you've had three quarters with them already to do that 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 really has helped with my student engagement I would say at least what I'm seeing always goes back to relationships Travis and I talk about it every podcast relationships are so important and what I heard you saying though in your room you could totally be dressing up as a character every time you get on to read you can still be doing music you could be doing dancing heck you could do yeah. tiktoks megan yeah. <laughs> i'm not very good at tiktoks but um we still do sing and at my class meetings i usually have like my dog show up or we sure. wear sunglasses one night during our meetings yeah like anyway just to let them know like 
I miss you guys. Like this is just as hard for me as it is for you, mm -hmm. probably more for me because mm -hmm. I'd rather just be seeing you in person. Mm -hmm. So, and I always try to like even email parents and just say, you guys are doing awesome. <laughs> like I they know need that support. Exactly. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So, you know, there's lots of different ways and thank goodness for social media and seeing other teachers and bouncing off ideas that way. Um, I had seen a post go around about a flat teacher, kind of like flat Stanley. Mm -hmm. So yep. that I'm sending myself out. To my <laughs> <laughs> you can take pictures, you know, guess what I'm expecting today or guess what I'm doing today. And, or, you know, a block, you can, there's so many cool ways you can connect with kids. It sounds like you're doing a wonderful, wonderful job with that. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully parents are thinking the same too. <laughs> Megan, for our listeners, because a lot of these things are really cool. And like my head is just spinning with things that I can only imagine what your classroom looked like. But where do you get those ideas or where did those come from? Because I, I know there's teachers listening that maybe are their only grade level in their school or they feel like, hey, you know what? I'm not creative. I could not do what she's talking about. How could you speak to those listeners today to kind of encourage them of a either connecting with you via through our K-12 email system or um, where, where are some resources or ideas that you've generated? Yeah. Um like I said, I am really lucky that we have a team of teachers to bounce ideas off. My mom is the only fourth grade teacher at her school. So her and I will bounce ideas off, even though we're different grades. To be honest, I spend a lot of my time at night in bed scrolling Instagram and I follow tons of teachers. And like even teachers pay teachers. I was, I'll admit, I'm a little bit younger, but I was so nervous about like Zoom meetings and Google Meet. And I don't know, can I pull off like recording myself reading or can I pull off this flat teacher idea? But when you actually just throw yourself into it and just try it out, you would be amazed about how simple things are. And the teacher community is a community unlike no other. I, you know, especially in times like this, it doesn't matter where you're teaching, you're going to find a way to connect. And that's just how we are. I think naturally, that's what teachers seek is connection. We seek connection with our students, with our families and with other teachers. And half the time, if there's a teacher that I follow on Instagram, and I like their idea, I will honestly just message them and just say, hey, I saw you doing this. Um, can you help explain this a little bit better? Or what made it easier for you? And teachers are so willing to share, yes. which is great. I mean, that is what community is all about. And I think teachers have kind of proven to everyone that we know what we're doing <laughs> and we can be a united front. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I always, Travis always jokes about my age, but Back in the day, I was the only teacher, and there was no Instagram, it, Pinterest, Facebook, any of those things. And so it was really hard. And now, like you said, you can connect on Instagram, you can go to Facebook. There's so many Facebook pages of specific to grade levels or for yeah. the state of South Dakota, or you can listen to these podcasts like Travis and I teach out loud, but there's other ones. There's so many ways to connect, and you're exactly right. Teachers know there's no... Nobody understands teachers like teachers. And so we're always willing to share and generate ideas. And 
I also think we do a really good job of, wow, that was great. Can I borrow it or can I change? You know, they're always willing to say yes to those kinds yeah. of things. So we totally agree. So transitioning into our kind of maybe the last piece of our, our show today, Megan, you being one of our younger podcasters on our show, um, can you maybe give us a little insight of things from your college preparation, things that you came out of college going, wow, I, I feel confident, I feel prepared. And then what are some things that maybe for our college professors that are listening that they maybe talked about, but you maybe without living it and being there, you, you couldn't really grapple with it. So maybe you can talk about both ends, things you felt good about and things that you would encourage teacher prep programs to really think about. And yeah. be honest, be honest, Megan, because there's a lot of new teachers that go, they never taught us this when we were in school, <laughs> you know. know. So. Um, going to Dakota Wesleyan, it was a unique experience because the education department is actually in an elementary building. So it's in oh. LB Williams. So we had access to classrooms all the time, which was awesome. Um you know, and when your aunt teaches in the school district that you were in and your mom's a teacher, I always just tried to like throw myself in as much as possible. And I think a lot of our mentor teachers that we had to realize that they didn't always necessarily say, oh, just take the first couple weeks observing, blah, blah, blah. No, you got thrown in right away. And I think that's honestly the best thing that could have happened because the more time you have to just kind of sit and observe and prepare, you think you are going to have this bomb lesson that's going to be awesome and the kids are going <laughs> to love it. And then you try it and you're like, wow, I've been prepping for this for two weeks. It's not working how I envisioned it. And I think that that was one really good thing coming from Dakota Wesleyan. I know that when I was in college and it might have changed shortly after I was only required to do a semester of student teaching. Right. Um, I think now the shift has been more of a year of student teaching, which I yep. think is probably honestly the best thing that they could do because you get to see how the beginning starts off with students. And then you also get to have closure. Whereas when I started student teaching, it was after Christmas and routines are kind of already established, relationships are established, and then I would always finish like in April, and you don't always get to have that closure all the way through. Right. So I think that is one really good thing that colleges have started doing. Because classroom management that Pete you're talking about, classroom management is so key spending those first three weeks, four weeks of school, just getting those routines and rhythms and getting your, your class culture built yes. is so important. And you're right, you guys used to miss out on that. And then the end of the year, all the testing is happening and the saying goodbyes. And if you're missing that, you don't, under, you don't get, a, get a grasp on that is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that I think I've gone through that, you can't necessarily teach though. I mean, you have students who lose family members, you can't teach that. Or you have something like COVID happen. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, you, <laughs> you can't prepare students for that. But I think just throwing them into the sharks, honestly, is the best thing that you can do. <laughs> like learning how to swim. 
Yeah. Jump in and paddle, baby, because you yeah. got to figure it out, right? Yeah, that's exactly what my dad did. Threw me in the deep end of the pool and told me <laughs> kick to the other end. And there I go. I learned how to swim that day. And I wanted to, and, and uh, just because I have mentees, I mentor I mentees. And that's one of the things they've said is, Lisa, we didn't sign up for this. This is not what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in my classroom. I wanted to be doing the end of the year countdown. I wanted to be doing all these special things to close, you know, and they're, it's sad for them. And I tell them to grieve that. I said, there are things that are sad about this, but then think of other ways you can, you know, come up with ways to have closure and that kind of thing. But I think the fact that they didn't sign up for this and it looks so different to everybody, it's been a really difficult time for teachers and students, both. Yeah, definitely. But also the nice thing, I don't know, teachers don't ever really forget their students. <laughs> and, you know, if you're lucky and they're in the same school building, there's always a time that you can see them in the hallway or you can make time for those things. And I just think that, you know, as much as you can take a class about those first six weeks and what you should do, there should just be a lecture about the importance of relationships because amen preach it sister i mean not just with students with parents, parents. too yes it's huge you are not going to get many students to work for you and buy into what you believe and what how you feel about them being able to achieve everything if you are going to be closed off and structured like in teaching you just need to be flexible and go with the flow and whatever your students need in that moment you just have to be able to do that and i think they're just there really needs to be a class solely on the importance of student teacher relationship i love wow. that spot on i right. couldn't have said it better <laughs> I'm just sitting here shaking my head and agreeing with everything she's saying and like, keep going, Megan. That's awesome. <laughs> but, but it's hard to teach those things though, too. I mean, you can talk mm -hmm. about building relationships. You can talk about dealing with parents. You can talk about behaviors, but until you actually are dealing with it and going through it, that's when you finally understand what it's about and, you know, and what's going on. And that's why it's so important that we have mentors and your personal learning communities and those other staff members and people you can talk to to support you through those things because you I don't think there ever is going to be a perfect thing where teachers know exactly everything going into this field and we've I've been teaching a long time and every year there's something new coming up I think another class they should take is how to be prepared for the first two weeks before school when you have a bazillion meetings <laughs> and eight million things are thrown at you. That's so true. Oh my right? God, that is so true. These, my poor, like my aunties, are, they have a meeting every day for the first two weeks before school when they're supposed to be getting ready for school. And then they're given a million things that they're supposed to know. And they're like, what? And it's, yeah, it's overwhelming. So. Yes, I totally agree with that. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, we really appreciate you being with us. You are such a delight. I've enjoyed speaking with you. I'm excited to see what you're going to do with your kids moving forward. You had lots of good information for our, our listeners out there. Um, yeah, this was a good episode, don't you think, Travis? She, she touched on so many things. I mean, we covered general education to special education to engaging strategies and how to engage kids to then what do we need to think about differently about teacher prep? And so this episode has been powerful and just talking and looking at those three categories.
Thanks, Megan. And we hope that you survive the, the rest of this corona until the end of the school year. Um, keep doing you because you're doing an amazing job. Before we go, what is your shout out to our listeners? Um, I'm going to shout out to my team for helping me get through this craziness and inspiring me to be the best that I can be each day. Oh, that's nice. Thank you again, Megan. And until next time. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Be part of the community. Be part of the solution. And until then, teach out loud.